Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Power Motor Yacht Podcast, your birth for the best stories in boating. Each week, my colleagues and I will bring you everything from salty stories to thought-provoking trend discussions, as well as interviews with the most interesting characters to ply the sea. Whether you're listening from the boatyard, your slip, or hopefully well underway, we're glad to have you aboard. This week, I sit down with Executive Editor Charlie Levine and Passage Maker Editor-in-Chief Andrew Parkinson, who are fresh off the docks of the Palm Beach Boat Show. Most readers will remember that it was the Palm Beach show last year that was really the first one to fall during the pandemic. And, you know, they tried to create this virtual experience. And then subsequently, the shows started to fall one after the other. Now, the Lauderdale show did happen, but it seemed like everyone I talked to, it really felt more like a limited experience. There was certainly a lack of European builders. That being said, the center console market and Sportfish guys said it was a wildly successful show, but it really was hosted more by the Florida dealers. It seemed more like a regional show from everything I heard and not a true international one. But again, for talking to you guys and some, some other builders, it felt like this year's Palm Beach, maybe it was because this is the first show during the vaccine rollout, but it felt a little bit like an industry comeback. Is, is, that, is that kind of the sentiment you guys saw? What about you, Charlie? Yeah, it, man, it just felt great to be there, to be at a boat show. I was just sort of, wrapped up in that euphoria of seeing all these boats on the docks and just all this new fiberglass everything so i i guess i wasn't really thinking so much of like comeback it just felt right the crowds looked good everyone seemed pretty positive i i, mm-hmm. I guess you could call it a comeback <laughs> nice but, uh, it was nice to be there yeah did it what did it what charlie said it was just you know that that feeling of being back out on the docks and seeing and feeling and you know touching these boats and products and uh, there's just no replacement for that. I mean, uh, we've been stuck at home for about a year now, and to, to suddenly get back out on the docks and see the crowds again, I mean, it was just like, you know, Palm Beach Boat Show from two years ago. And I, I know the action was there, too. I think one of the dealers that was there had said they'd see more action in three hours than they saw at all of the uh, the Fort Lauderdale show. So people are definitely getting into boat show spirit, I think. Wow. You know, and that's actually is a good segue to my, my first question for you guys, you know, because when Palm Beach was canceled, it, it really, we saw this uptick in the virtual and digital boat show experiences. I mean, our, our company as well, we, we dipped a foot into that game. And I got to say, at first, when I saw all these, these things coming out, I wondered if the major shows were in for a bit of a reckoning as the technology got better and the digital experience got better. But what do you guys think now having experienced and done both? There's no comparison, man. I mean, in the boat buying experience, the worst part of it is dealing with the salesperson. I mean, not every salesperson. <laughs> but a lot of times, you know, they, they give you the spiel. And mm-hmm. to me, it seemed like that's pretty much all you got on the virtual side. So you just can't get that tactile experience of walking onto a boat and smelling the varnish or that new fiberglass resin smell and touching it and opening every hatch you just can't do that when you're not on the boat so to me it was no experience i mean i guess the virtual stuff is great for talking to companies that are you know a good deal away but Mm -hmm. there's nothing like stepping on a boat yeah you know you can you think boat buying and selling even is you know it's an emotional experience it's an emotional decision and uh, it's very hard to convey or to, to feel that sense of emotion you know on a zoom call um, or you know, even something like this. I mean, we're, we're doing our best, but no replacement for actually seeing and touching you know, a boat on the dock and touring it and seeing all the little details and having a face-to-face with, you know, with the guy there selling it to you and uh, mm-hmm. 
just got a real sense of that at Palm Beach. In fact, I, you know, maybe boat shows are going to be even stronger than they were before you know, after everyone's been sitting on the sideline for about a year. So, uh, yeah, uh-huh. it felt great. felt great. Yeah, day one, I think people were pretty revved up just to be out there. Well, I like what you guys are saying about the the physical experience, and, and that's definitely something I, I thought the virtual experience was lacking. It's it's very hard to imagine yourself on a boat, imagine yourself cruising with the family when you're when you're just looking at the features through through Skype or Zoom or whatever. The big question, the reason we go to these shows are the standout boats. I guess uh, Charlie, we'll start with you. You know, and I know you had a long list of boats you covered, but what are what are a couple standouts? One boat that I really enjoyed was this Galleon 325 GTO. It's uh, their first outboard model boat, so it frees up a lot of space inside the boat for some more accommodations. It had a smart layout. They did a couple of things I hadn't seen others do, or maybe they just did them a little better, like little things. So, you know, outboard boats have a splash well, so they had like a little part of the deck that folded down when the when the, when the motors were down, so you could actually walk across the splash well, give you a little more deck space, and then you pop it up when you need to raise the motors up. Um, it had a fold-down terrace, just really quality cushions and stitching and LED lights everywhere at night. This boat's all blue and purple. Big, giant windshield. They call it a bow rider, but it's really a lot more than that. There is a wraparound seating in the bow. And then down below, big cabin, V-berth, full head. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and probably where the motors would have been is, you know, a big aft bench for more sleeping, which I could totally see my kids camping out, camping out in there. Yeah. Had an outdoor kitchen. Just they really put a lot in that boat, but it didn't feel like overstuffed, you know. Mm-hmm. So that was one that jumped out. Um, the new Bertram 28, that was cool to see. And then Seaforce, center console, 51-foot center console. That boat was catching a lot of eyeballs. They, they're calling it a hybrid center console because it's got pretty – it's more of a walk-around. It's got a big cabin. This one had Quint 450 Mercs on it, which they're wow. saying – let me look at the specs here. So they say it runs 58 knots with Quint 450s, and now, of course, you can get it with Quint 600s, and it'll jump it up to 65 knots, which is, that's, that's like ludicrous speed, but just all kinds of fishing, 50, 50 rod holders, the helm station was pretty cool, too, it had this enclosed helm, and instead of having, like, a second row of seating, it had a dinette table behind the captain's seat, so the captain's seat was, like, dead center, and that dinette, can be it's got a high low table and you could actually have a bunk right there which i think would be kind of cool for if you're doing an overnight fishing trip pass out there and if something happens you know you're right in the action so uh donald blunt hull i that yeah that one definitely has me fired up i want to i got the guy's card right here so chris mckenzie director of sales i'm going to be calling you in a little while because i want to go for a boat ride awesome awesome i love that and and andrew what about you any standouts you know, there were three boats that I was really looking forward to to checking out at the show. Uh, first one was the Veacham 50 Classic IPS. Kind of builds on the success of their 46 IPS. And uh, this is built with infused fiberglass PVC composite construction, which reduces build time compared to its fleet of custom-crafted. Uh, originally, they were doing vinyl ester encapsulated cold mold. Mahogany-built yachts, which you know takes a lot of time. This new uh, construction method, they can be a little bit more production about it, although the quality is 
anything but production. You're still getting the custom quality. If you ever mm-hmm. stepped aboard one of these Veachams, I mean, it's just spectacular. The rich wood, the beautiful profiles, gorgeous shear line, deck house curves, just luxurious style. Uh, mm-hmm. You can tell I'm a fan. This particular boat was uh, it was paired with some Volvo IPS 600s with pot exhaust, low emissions, quiet performance, joystick controls. Uh, it's you know it's the whole package as far as coastal cruising is concerned. Um, you can also get multiple layouts, one, two, or three staterooms. So, you know, really pick how you want to use the boat, who you want to have on board, and they can make it happen. So that was a cool boat. It was really great for family cruising and one we'll probably follow up with uh, in Passage Maker. Another one I was real excited to see. You guys had a jump start on us being up there in New England, but the Back Cove 39O. So mm-hmm. this boat, you know, officially, I guess, its official debut was the Palm Beach show, but you guys all got to see it when they kind of soft launched it up in, up in New England last fall. Mm-hmm. Power Motor Yacht did a great story on it, and uh, you know, we were able to read it, but I hadn't seen it in person yet, so uh, I was excited to see that on the docks. It's the fastest, quietest back cove model yet. Uh, mm-hmm. It's got a great, inviting cockpit once you get past the... This, this boat at the show had triple uh, 400 Mercury Verado outboards, and the outboard thing is kind of a gray area for us passage maker people. You know, we're seeing some coastal cruisers getting into the outboards. Back yeah. cove does it, does it really, really well. And uh, just a really tasteful boat. Um, lots of great living spaces on board. Massive queen-size island berth forward. Private access to the head and shower. And uh, for crew, you got two single beds uh, in a guest cabin. And they're secluded, well-proportioned, comfortable. So real impressed with the back of 39O. And the other one was the Aquila 70. Massive, mm-hmm. massive boat. I mean, it's a power catamaran. 70-foot catamaran is really something because you got to account for the 27 feet of beam to go with it. And uh, Charlie... I think saw the boat a little bit closer than I did. Maybe you can talk uh, about it a little, but uh, impressive boat. Yeah, I got a full tour of that boat. It took like 40 minutes. It was, it's a it's a lot of boat, but you could definitely just take off forever on that. You know, it's got, like you said on the Beecham, it's got all different kind of stateroom configurations you can choose. The flybridge is massive, really good visibility up there. And the way they do their bridge with the forward access Portuguese bridge, you can walk down to the bow and there's all kinds of seating in the bow. The gentleman who gave me the tour, he goes, check out this storage. He opened up this storage hatch in the front that went into the port sponson and he, there were steps into the storage and he literally just disappeared. It was massive. And then um, the other thing I thought was kind of fun. So Aquila makes a catamaran rigid hull inflatable that you can get to go with your 70-foot catamaran. And it's got this little ramp in the transom. You can just drive that baby right up into its little garage. But it's just huge. The salon with that full beam, I mean, it's massive. Uh, big galley. It's got a summer kitchen. It's just loaded to the to the gills. I, I love the idea of that that tender that you were, you were talking about. And I, I got to say, if, if they don't call it the kitten, that's a complete missed opportunity. <laughs> and... Shame on them, but yeah, uh, that's funny. That's uh, that's a really good mix of boats. And then you know, I know another one we were excited to see that we've been following for a while was that that Huckins Thirty Eight Sportsman finally getting its its day in the sun. You know, they were again one of those builders. My heart went out to them because they were supposed to debut around this time last year, but just has not gotten you know their their day at a show. Some kind of similar to the the Summit yacht, also, but it, it's nice to see those guys. Well, that, that was cool. They came at us with a hybrid package, which I really mm-hmm. wasn't expecting. And, you know, a lot of, uh, a couple, well, not a lot, a few brands are getting into the hybrid game and doing it well. 
Um, you put some ion batteries down there and it, there's something to be said for being able to cruise in absolute silence, you know, for X amount of minutes or, or hour, two hours, uh, depending on the load. <laughs> yeah. No, that's, that's cool. Well, it's, it's you know, a nice looking boat. I didn't step on it, but that one, yeah. The electric thing's got some ways to go, but it's, it is cool to see them embracing it. The problem is, like you said, it doesn't last that long and you're going like three knots or something, but still if you're just progress. on the no wake zone, it'd be lovely. Yep. I like the direction they're headed though. And let's talk about the classic if you want real quick. Uh, there's a nice throwback there with Pilar. Charlie, you want to talk about that? Well, we need to dedicate a whole pod to that book because there's a lot going on there. That mm -hmm. that was really fun for me to because we've been following it closely and I've been a Hemingway fan and I've been to Cuba and I saw the original Pilar there in Cuba. And I mean, that's not Hemingway's boat by any means. It's a modern marvel, but it sure is pretty. And they did a hell of a job disguising all these 21st century touches. But yeah, we spent spent about an hour or so there with um, Wes Wheeler and his wife and Bill Prince, the designer, and Steve from Brooklyn Boat, Boat Works, the general manager there. And yeah, that was something. You talk about a head turner at the dock and you know, I watched as people walked by and not a single person walked by that boat without doing a, you know, 270 degree head turn as they were walking. So uh, pretty cool boat. Yeah, they nailed it. it. It has the look and they showed me renderings. They have a flybridge now that they're going to offer as well. So that boat, uh, Wes Wheeler built for himself and it's kind of a long story how he got to it. But his goal is to, yeah, he said he just had so much fun in the process and seeing it come to life. And, you know, his family were boat builders going way back. So I guess that that blood sort of, you know, rose to the top in him and it just got him really excited about it. And he's a pretty busy man. He's got a, a very demanding real job. So I think this is sort of his pet project. And it was cool. He was a really nice guy, too, which always helps. It, it seemed that seemed like one of the most photographed boats or at least you know from a cell phone photo perspective all over social media i was seeing shots of that that wheeler and yeah, just to give a shout out to our columnist bill prince for helping helping bring that one to life i was uh truly jealous that you guys got to see that finished it looks great one thing i want to dive into is for me a little bit of the elephant in the marina um one thing i'm hearing a lot about is that the i want to talk about safety first for a second it seemed like the mask wearing or the mask signage was a little more relaxed than what we heard at the Lauderdale show. Um, at least that's the word word on the docks. H how did you guys feel about it? Well, Dan, I'm, I'm, I'm excited you're talking about safety. When you say the elephant in the marine, I thought you were referring to my COVID-15 I've picked uh, up. Uh, appreciate, appreciate not going there. But, <laughs> uh, you know, the show itself is supposed to be, uh, you're supposed to be masked up the whole time. That's That's the requirement, the signage everywhere to do it. And, you know, a lot of people had masks on. Um, there definitely were direct directors from the show walking around encouraging people to put their masks back on if they had taken it off for whatever reason. So I feel like there was an effort, you know, to, to, to be safe there. Charlie, what, what do you think? Yeah, it was unfortunate. There was quite a few people not really masked up and they did police it in the entryway and they were doing some temperature checks and stuff. They had sanitizer all over and signs, please wear your mask. But, you know. It being an outdoor show, it didn't really bother me that much until I did attempt to walk through one of the tents. Um, you know, they have a big tent with vendors in there and they left the sides open for the most part. So there's a good bit of air flowing through. 
And it was a gorgeous day. It was a little warm, but it was a beautiful day out. Uh, but when I went in there, I just kind of walked a couple aisles and then decided to, to, to bounce because it was a lot of people not wearing masks. So I guess the personal thing, I mean, Florida's an open state, but. My, my takeaway from the show was, you know, we, we've been doing this for about a year now, and that is identifying, you know, dangerous situations and places you maybe don't want to be because you're taking a lot more added risk. And, you know, most of us, I think, have figured out a way to navigate those situations and navigate away from them and, you know, get around them. And I didn't feel at any time during the Palm Beach show that I was at risk because I was, you know, I was looking ahead. I was making sure I wasn't going to get myself into a situation where I was trapped, you know, around a whole bunch of people not wearing masks. So, you know, you can do it. And, and I would encourage, you know, those that may be nervous or, or concerned about going to a boat show, uh, it can be done. You know, if you wear a mask, uh, you take your precautions and, you know, you keep an eye, you know, 10 steps ahead of you, make sure you're not getting into a situation that makes you uncomfortable. I think you can do the show and, and, and be relatively safe about it. So I wouldn't tell anyone not to go to a boat show you know, for, for safety risks. In fact, I encourage you to get out there and do it. Uh, just be smart about it. And I think ha- we've done this for a year. I mean, we're mask up and, and go out there and have a blast, but do it safely. Yeah. Seems sort of a personal thing, you know, whatever you're your comfort level is, but I agree. I didn't feel, you know, like I was put in harm's way and for the most part you're outside. So, right. Right. No, I think those, I think those are great points. Um, guys, you know, I want to, I want to thank you both for representing not only passage maker and power Mordiot, but the aim Marine group already seeing some, some great reporting on, on social media and, and what you guys are doing there. It's, it's funny. I mean, this, this makes me think about, my my own love hate relationship with boat shows in the past and kind of the the press conference march and things like that but i think it's truly one of those examples of you don't really appreciate a good thing till it's gone uh i was i was jealous of the coverage and and seeing you guys out there and uh sincerely cannot wait to get back on the dock with you guys the close on this man you can you, you can watch a baseball game on tv you can watch a broadway show on tv there's nothing like being at the stadium there's nothing like being in Broadway to see a show. And it's the same way with boat shows. I mean, we can do all the, all the digital stuff and, and I think we do it quite well. It might be a little biased, but to actually be out there on the docks and seeing and, and, and touching these boats, it's, there's just, you know, it was great. Yeah. And to see our old friends. I mean, there's a lot of people you only get to see at the show. So that was wonderful. Awesome. Awesome. Great, great coverage. And I appreciate that sentiment guys. Let's get back together for, uh, for another boat talk real soon. Let's get All back right. on the water. All right. Well, thanks. Thanks, guys. Talk to you later. Thank you for listening to the Power Motor Yacht Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please do us a favor and leave us a review or rating. Or you can share us with your friends on social media or on the VHF. Anywhere you spread the word means a lot to us. Thanks again. And until next time, we'll see you on the water.